Hello to all of our listeners and welcome to the eighth episode of the Property Insights podcast by Select Property Group. Today I'm joined by our UK sales director, Judy Halliwell, who has been with Select since 2006, joining just two years after the group was founded. Hi Judy, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me, Amber. So as 2021 draws to a close, this episode will reflect on the key learnings of the year, as well as the forecasts and projections for 2022, giving our listeners key insights to help them make the best investment choices. Judy and I will discuss the investment trends that are here to stay, how tenant priorities have changed since the pandemic, and which UK cities are expected to generate the highest yields next year. So Jude, with almost 16 years in the sector, you must have seen a lot of change in the property market, arguably more in the past two years than ever before. So what has been your key takeaway from 2021 in terms of what has changed or what you've learnt? Uh, I think the pandemic has reminded us just how resilient the UK property market actually is. Uh, We all Mm -hmm. saw a lot of uncertainty across virtually every area of business, of course, in 2020. And understandably so, given the emerging situation with COVID and to an extent Brexit. Uh, But then I think the key pivotal moment for me started with the announcement of the stamp duty relief scheme. That really prompted a shift that started to gain momentum towards the end of 2020 and into 2021. Also, um, I think this really sparked a point where people had a decision to make, both in terms of owner occupiers and investors. They had to ask themselves the question of, Do I wait and see? And if so, for how long? Or do I utilise the capital I have in the bank doing very little and take control and have confidence in a long term view? Something that also resonated from speaking to clients over the years is that one of the key attractions for UK investors and overseas investors alike is what stability the UK market really offers, particularly Mm -hmm. over a longer time frame. And the main reason for this stability really is the ongoing housing shortfall in the UK. For example, with the government targets that aim to build 300,000 new homes a year just to meet increasing demand across the country. So I suppose it's also important to remember that this kind of supply and demand imbalance is unique to property investment. For investments like stocks and shares or more recently options like cryptocurrencies, their performance isn't underpinned by physical demand. And although the outbreak of COVID pressed pause on the property market, as I touched on, stocks were in fact hit much, much harder. In fact, an interesting point is that for the stock market index S&P 500, that really experienced a searing decline of more than 30% in March 2020. So although stocks have since recovered, uh, the nature of the market is, as we know, more volatile. And something just to add to that, Amber, is that, you know, most investors I speak to certainly want a balanced portfolio across a number of different markets, including stocks and property. And equally touching on the point of how resilient the property market is, it was a similar story in the financial crisis of 2008, which, of course, I witnessed firsthand earlier on in my career. So, I mean, whilst the the UK property market fell by 20%, the stock market plummeted to a greater extent. And by 2009, the Dow Jones fell by 50%, which was the biggest fall in the stock market since the Great Depression in in 1929. You know, in summary on that point, despite initial concerns at the start of the pandemic, the property market has not only bounced back, but some city centres are reaching double-digit growth since the declines caused by the pandemic, which 
I know we're going to talk in, in more detail later on. Exactly. And of course, this year and for majority of last year as well, property investors also benefited from tax breaks and reductions such as a stamp duty holiday. But even without that, the comfort of knowing that they're investing in a physical asset, as you say, you know, brick and mortar, with limited supply and increase in demand offers security, um, unlike, as you say, those other sort of more volatile markets. So let's talk a bit more about the post-pandemic property boom that you mentioned before. This strength of the UK property market has seen investors looking for their next opportunity for 2022 and beyond. So most start by establishing an idea of budget and investment goals. And then the third question arises, where to invest? So although we spent more time at home than ever before over the past two years or so, location does remain the most important factor when it comes to property investment, doesn't it? Well, it is interesting because, as you say, more people are working from home or embracing a mix of home and office working is the new normal, which we've all heard banded around quite a bit. Um, (laughs) But despite predictions that this would lead to a wide scale de-urbanisation trend due to the city centre price tag and less importance placed on commuting to work, the reality has actually been quite the opposite. Renters returning to the office for at least part of their working week has triggered strong rental growth in the UK's largest urban centres. And in fact, as I mentioned before, recent data from Rightmove's quarterly rental trends tracker, that's quite a mouthful, uh, reveals that some <laughs> city centres have not only bounced back from the declines caused by the pandemic, but have hit double digit growth and overtaken the national average. And wow. authorities such as JLL are now forecasting strong house price growth in major cities across the UK over the next five years. So for me, Contributing factors such as pent-up demand for events, hospitality and leisure has also led to the urbanisation trend as people want to experience, I suppose, city life after over a year of national and local lockdown. So ultimately, people really appreciate this more than ever before, as I know I I certainly do. Oh, absolutely. Um, I moved to Manchester in June 2020 for that sort of city life experience. Obviously, back then, not knowing how long the lockdowns were going to last. And then I think it was Manchester that actually became the UK city that spent the most days in lockdown. Oh, I remember it well. (laughs) Yeah. So um, for me, you know, experiencing that the city in 2021 has been incredible. And as you'll know, um, being local to Manchester as well, Jude, there's such an amazing atmosphere now and sort of a sense of almost freedom. Yeah. Which, you know, really makes sense to me why, why tenant demand in Manchester is at record levels, which we will touch on. So speaking of Manchester, as I have a feeling it might come up in your answer to the next question, but what cities are gaining recognition globally for their investment potential? And which city, if you had to pick one, is your one to watch for 2022? I know it's a tough question. It's a difficult decision. (laughs) For me, it has to be between Birmingham and Manchester, given what we've seen across both cities. Uh, I would probably say Birmingham for me has the edge, bearing in mind what we're seeing that's underpinning the market there. And to give some examples, you know, Birmingham is currently topping all UK cities for investment performance with rental growth 10% higher than pre-pandemic levels. Uh, And touching on rents further, this demand is at an all-time high in Birmingham. It's really quite interesting to see that the rental yields for 2021 are averaging 6.56%, according to recent data from Zoopla. And this is higher than the UK average and is even expected to rise further, according to JLL's report. 
JLL also predicts that that rental prices in Birmingham could increase by 12% over the next five years, which would represent the highest level of growth in the country. Wow. Um, So I think it's safe to say that this this growth is driven by rental demand, which is currently at record-breaking levels. And demand in Birmingham is far outweighing supply and the population increasing by a massive 10,000 people a year which is supported by, of course, a, a huge graduate retention rate of around 41%. So it's also interesting as well to see is that the housing shortfall is expected to be over 28,000 homes by 2031, which, of course, really emphasises the long-term opportunity that uh, Birmingham has alongside the very obvious uh, shorter-term gain. Mm, I mean, um, immediately it sort of makes you think, where are all these people going to fit, doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Which is, of course, where these sort of skyscrapers and towers come in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to add to that, another prime example of what is driving this growth are the companies already present and, and also moving into the city. You know, when you have major global companies such as Goldman Sachs, HSBC and Deloitte setting up headquarters in Birmingham as an alternative to the capital. Uh, Birmingham is really attracting a talent pool of high earners looking to rent in the city. And this is the prime demographic, as you know, uh, of the build to rent sector. And just thinking on that as well, one last point would be something that I've seen personally, which is now commonplace, is that Londoners are migrating from the capital to live in these regional cities such as Birmingham. So I remember, you know, showing my age now, but uh, 10 or 15 (laughs) years ago, this was never the case. Most people flock to the capital. So yeah. cities like this offer a much more affordable rent for what is also a better overall living experience, especially in built rent developments with uh, with amenity spaces. And this is actually a trend we're seeing in uh, our own buildings in Manchester as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a trend that's only going to increase, isn't it, as, as plans continue for the government's high-speed railway HS2. Because, of course, for the first time ever, Birmingham has the potential to be a commuter hotspot for for many Londoners that might want to maintain their jobs. A hundred percent. I mean, HS2 will effectively cut the commute time from Birmingham to London from an hour and a half to just 49 minutes. And this means for the first time really ever that this will make Birmingham a true commuter hotspot for Londoners, especially for the majority who, as you mentioned, will be embracing a mix of of home and office working. Also, uh, property prices in the city are already up 12% compared to last year and up 17% on 2018. So further to that, Birmingham's property prices and rents are expected to rise even higher as the completion of HS2 gets even closer. So now, I mean, the first phase of HS2 uh, is expected to complete in 2029. Therefore, I've I've no doubt that this will have a really positive impact on property prices in the run up to this and then beyond in the expansion, which is due to complete, I think, in 2033. Sure. And just going back to Birmingham as a commuter spot. For many Londoners, you know, living in zones three or four of London, an hour commute on the tube or different train stations will be the norm for them, won't it? Mm, Um, And they'll be most likely commuting back to, you know, a a small shared living space with little or no amenity at all. So you can really see the benefit of of Londoners, you know, maybe living in these regional cities such as Birmingham or Manchester. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. So 
Going back to Manchester then, recently termed Manhattan, uh, <laughs> thanks to its ever-evolving skyline. So why is Manchester one to watch for you? You know, it's, it's a city that's perhaps more on the global radar and the sort of international consciousness than Birmingham yeah. at the moment. And Birmingham perhaps will catch up with that, especially as the Commonwealth Games are being hosted there next year. And as you say, these major companies such as Goldman Sachs setting up headquarters there. So Manchester perhaps is a bit more established as an investment city, but why does this remain one to watch for you? Well, for me, Manchester overall has just performed exceptionally well this year yet again and has shown strong and consistent growth across both property prices and rents. Something uh, which really demonstrated this is that overall sold prices in Manchester over the last year were 11% up on the previous year and 23% up on the 2018 peak, according to Right Move Statistics. And this has really strengthened what has been consistent and sustained growth for many years now. This also, I suppose, reinforces the forecasted house price growth of 17% over the next five years. I think it was Right Move that also found that Manchester has seen a 69% year-on-year increase in rental inquiries, which you know I can more than believe. We get calls all the time from tenants yeah. being, uh, for buildings rich in amenity space, a high spec. And what's compelling about Manchester too is that these built-to-rent projects have now got a really good track record and have been proven to work for, for what tenants demand. You know, just another thing to add to that too, Amber, just last month, in fact, there were unprecedented rental rises with values increasing by up to 17.5% for some unit types. Wow. And yeah, I know. And, you know, although this seems high, this isn't a huge surprise as there are now 75% less vacant properties available in Manchester than the same time last year. And there is absolutely no sign of this market activity slowing down in the way it traditionally does at this time of year. Wow, that is amazing. Um, I also know that according to Urban Bubbles research, on the last day of September 2021, there was just 400 apartments available in Manchester. Yes. Yeah, I read that um, well. And you know, that, that sort of goes across all sectors, build to rent and, and buy to let. And it's, of course, the build to rent sector that is in the highest demand. So yeah, I completely agree. You know, it's always going to be a city especially, you know, in the next sort of five years that will always maintain that build to rent demand. Yeah, absolutely. So what about the UK property market generally? Are property prices across the board expected to keep on rising or is it really a standout for these two cities? In a word, yes. Uh, I think UK house price growth over the past 12 months has been the highest since before the global financial crisis. And whilst there will continue to be strong house price growth, this will naturally be at a slower rate, I'd expect, to reflect the removal of the stamp duty holiday, the removal of furlough and some you know, Brexit-related uncertainty, I'd expect. So now there are predictions that the national asking price of a property, which is currently at about 342000 will rise by 5% in 2022, meaning you know, an increase of roughly £17,000. And the West Midlands, which is home to Birmingham, is the region expected to lead that house price growth in the UK, though, with 7% expected increases, around 2% above the national average. I think areas like Scotland, Yorkshire and the Southwest as well uh, are also expected to see uh, strong house price growth. Okay, and what about London? You know, this is a question that, as you'll know, we get asked quite a lot. Mm -hmm. 
as growth in the capital has been much slower to catch up with the rest of the UK, hasn't it? Yeah, that's right. The house price growth in London is forecasted at around 3% for next year, which is 2% lower than the national average and 4% lower than the West Midlands, for example. We've seen a huge shift in people that only ever invested in London looking for alternative, more profitable returns from rent and capital gain in places like Birmingham and Manchester, as we've spoken about already. Okay, yeah. And I think um, there's also been sort of a two-tier trend, particularly among Hong Kongers, so potentially buying for lifestyle purposes in the capital. And then, as you say, buying in these regional cities, um, you know, Liverpool and Leeds are other ones as well, aren't they? They've been f- yes, performing yeah. well to sort of maximise their investment returns. No, absolutely. So we've talked about which cities have the highest investment potential, but what are tenants in these cities looking for? You know, it's a market that, as you know, we have to deliver on tenant demand in order to be successful, you know, for each of our, our property sub-brands and also for our investors as well. So what are tenants looking for? Yeah, it's an important question is it's really useful to understand what will be attractive for a tenant when investing. From my perspective, things like being in a prime city centre location to be in the thick of what a city has to offer is a big one. Uh, That's what attracted you yourself, Amber, to, to live in Manchester. But more specific offerings such as amenity and outdoor space, which I think has grown in priority given the working from home element we've spoken about. And what's apparent is Generation Z have a far greater interest in personal well-being and a greener way of living than previous generations from what we've seen too. And as this this generation enter the rental market, we can expect to see an even greater focus on sustainability the outdoor green space provision, and even things like uh, recycling systems. I think in JLL's report just last month, they revealed that urban new builds are by far the most sustainable property types on the market, which is a a great message for the build-to-rent sector. And for those, a part of the younger generation who are becoming more mindful of these types of things, it will play a part in where they choose to live. Definitely. Um, I attended a webinar yesterday, actually, that was talking about sustainability within the build to rent sector. And they were talking about, you know, how much more sustainable build to rent properties are, as opposed to, you know, those buy to let sort of terraced houses in the suburbs. They might have single glazing windows, etc. And also JLL found that tenants are actually starting to be willing to pay a slight premium for these properties that, that have a higher sort of a good or great green rating. I can believe so, that. So yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, as, as this generation emerges in the rental sector more and more, I think we'll definitely start to see more of that. And also the other thing with Generation Z is they're often referred to as digital natives. So do you think this will lead to a greater expectation of, you know, these digital perks of build to rent, such as high speed Wi-Fi and other technologies? Absolutely. That's also a key consideration, again, with the working from home aspect. I mean, access Mm -hmm. to high speed broadband in communal areas, co-working spaces and, of course, the apartments themselves is a renter priority that is definitely here to stay. And other digital technologies that you touched on such as, you know, resident apps to manage deliveries and any issues, things like integrated kitchen appliances and multi-touch entry points for added security will, will all be a focus in, in 2022 and beyond. 
Amazing. So to conclude, what are your key predictions for next year's property investment market, Jude? Um, so Birmingham will continue to be a one to watch for me. You know, HS2, the population increase, the migration to the city itself, and of course, things like Commonwealth Games, all adding massive value to that city. Uh, Manchester will continue to go from strength to strength, I've no doubt, um, following a really strong performance, of course, over the last few years anyway. And then also in terms of predictions from the tenants' perspective, tenants will expect and demand more from where they live. So I think having these built-to-rent buildings, which are rich in immunity space and offering the lifestyle that people now demand, those are really important key, key considerations. Judy, it's been a great conversation and hopefully would have proven useful for those listening. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us on our eighth podcast. If you found it useful and want to stay up to date with the market, subscribe on your platform of choice. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts.